the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Or, yeah, really. All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy is always brought to you by Cavens Construction. Check them out, cavensconstruction.com. And how about a new sponsor we're going to debut today on the pod? little excited about this one because, seriously, I'm at this place every single Friday night. So if there is a person to hype up and talk about our new sponsor, I think it's me because I'm there at least uh, once every single week. Um, Can anyone else believe, by the way, that we're 18 games in? 18 games in already. That's wild to me. But at the same time, I think it's a very good sample size to revisit or maybe even readjust uh, our expectations of some certain things. Now, full disclosure, I'm not going to change my opinions at all for this team in terms of if I think they're good enough to win a national championship or not. If anything, honestly, if I were to readjust or shift my expectations about this OU team, I might shift them in a more positive way. And a reason I would do that is because there's a couple of names leading major stat categories in the Big 12 right now that I bet we wouldn't have forecasted before the season. And I'll give you some examples here. Like, for instance, you ask me 18 games in who this team or who on this team, I guess, leads the league in batting average. You asked me that before the year. All right, after 18 games, good sample size against some good opponents, there's going to be someone on this OU team that leads the Big 12 in batting average, which wouldn't have been all that much of a surprise, by the way. But who's the name? Okay, well, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to say T.R.A. Jennings. And if I don't go with T.R.A., I'm going to say, okay, maybe it's Kenzie Hansen, maybe it's Jada Coleman, you know, maybe even it's a Grace Lyons, a name that you really knew about, a proven name coming into this year. But it's not any of those names that I just mentioned. And I don't know how many players I would have had to pick before I would have said freshman uh, Jocelyn Erickson. Because that's who leads the Big 12 in batting average right now with a 568 average. As a freshman, 18 games in, she is leading the conference, a good conference, mind you, in batting average with a 568 mark. That's nuts. It's hard to get at bats as a freshman at OU. It's really hard to break into the lineup consistently, especially when you consider all of the returning names, household names that this team had coming back this year. But Erickson has not only found a way into the lineup, which might be the most impressive thing about her start this year, but she's leading the league in average. Um, okay, like how about this one? If I would have asked before the year, hey, who leads the league with a zero ERA? Who's going to be the pitcher in the circle that hasn't allowed a run through 18 games on OU's pitching staff? Well, I think most of us would have said Jordy Ball, right? And if not Jordy Ball, um, you probably go with Alex Tarocco. Which, by the way, um, in case you haven't noticed, I do like to go with the chalk answers in these certain situations. You know, by the way, like Starocco is probably your second uh, response. Um, but that would have been too far off, by the way. Starocco's only allowed one run in 25 two-thirds innings. It's pretty good. So Starocco wouldn't have been a, a terrible uh, answer to that. But it's not either of those two names. You guessed it. It's Nicole May. 32 innings. That's how many innings that Nicole May has pitched this year. 32 innings, and she hasn't allowed one run all season long. That's in a relief role. 
that's as a starter. She's played basically through those 32 innings, 18 games, every single role a pitcher could have, and she's dominated in every single one. How incredible is that? I've said it before, but I really mean it. Like, I think Nicole May can be an All-Big 12 player and maybe even an All-American. And at the pace that she's on, both of those are probably going to happen. Zero ERA again through 32 innings. And how cool would that be? How awesome would that be if Nicole May were to be an All-Big 12 pitcher and an All-American by season's end? That would make me very happy, and I'm going to guess that it would make you very happy as well. Um, so just some team stats. OU currently leads the Big 12 in batting average with a 391 mark. Uh, they lead in runs with 162, RBIs with 154. Jeez, they've got 154 RBIs through 18 games. That one is uh, that one's kind of silly. So they lead the Big 12 in those marks. And by the way, as of Friday morning, they played the least amount of games in the conference. So. Maybe even a little bit more impressive. Team, R- team ERA, they have the best with a 0.93 mark. Uh, sub-1 ERA is a team, best in the Big 12. OU's only allowed 14 runs in 18 games. They get the best fielding percentage in the league. So like by every metric, this is the best team in the conference. And I get it. No surprise there. They're the number one team in the country coming into the year. And they're, no- they're, they're uh, the uh, number one team in the country as we talk right now, which, by the way, is Friday morning. But they're tops in a league that is honestly pretty good this year. You know, I know that the the thought is that the SEC is the best conference in college softball and maybe has been for a few years, and I won't push back on that. I'll agree with that. But I will say that if you just look at the rankings, Oklahoma State is ranked third. Uh, Texas is ranked 11th. Baylor is ranked 12th and is your lone loss on the year. Four teams in the top 12. This is probably the best the Big 12 has been in a while. You know, with the, you got four teams in the top 12, and OU's lone loss this year is to Baylor when they've dominated UCLA, they've dominated Kentucky, they've dominated some teams out of the league. I think you can make a very strong case that this is the best the Big 12 has been in maybe several years. And OU leads in just about every single statistical category through 18 games even though those teams that I just mentioned have played more games uh, than OU to this point. So back to kind of my original statement of if I were to readjust things about this team, it would be in a more positive manner, and that's because there's some players that have stepped up and been been, uh, big contributors that maybe we wouldn't thought before the year. Again, Jocelyn Erickson, she's going to continue to be a factor moving forward. We knew Nicole May's name, but... I don't know if we expected Nicole May to have this type of year. Yes, I feel like I've said it for five consecutive episodes up to this point. Patty tried to tell us she was on the verge of having her best year. But did even Patty Gasso think that she was going to have a zero ERA through 32 innings? I don't know if Patty Gasso even would have had those expectations for Nicole May. But all of that does bring up the question, which side of things has been the most impressive? The offense? Or what's happened in the circle. There's silly numbers on both sides, right? But which of those two has been better? I think that you can probably make a case for both of those. For me, it's the pitching. Because what you've gotten so far is two All-American type level performances from both Nicole May and Alex Duraco. Like I just said, how cool would it be if Nicole May is all Big 12 and she's an All-American at the end of the year? 
those things are in place right now to happen. But if it doesn't happen for Nicole May, it very well may happen for Alex Duraco and the start that she's on. One combined run between those two in 57 and two-thirds innings. I'm going to repeat that. I've thrown out a lot of crazy stats so far this podcast, but I'm going to repeat that one because I think it's the most impressive. Nicole May and Alex Duraco have pitched 57 and two-thirds innings so far this year, and they've allowed one combined run between the two of them. And they weren't even supposed to be your ace this year. They were supposed to pitch a lot of innings. They were supposed to pitch in big games. They were supposed to help you win the national championship. But this was Jordy Ball's circle. Like This was her pitching staff. And the other two were supposed to just fall in line and give good starts when Jordy wasn't out there. But instead, they both thrown out crazy numbers like that. I'm sorry, I'm more impressed with what OU has done in the circle up to this point. I cannot say enough nice things about what May and Starocco have brought you so far this year. And I'm one that I don't think that that's going to change at any point this year. It is, without a doubt, the deepest pitching staff in the country. And I think by the time it's all said and done, I think it might be known as the deepest pitching staff in program history. And there's been a lot of really good one-two combos, but this is four deep. This is a four deep pitching staff. And by the numbers that I just showed you, and by the numbers that I'm probably going to be able to show you in three, four weeks' time, or even a month's time, it's going to be really hard to argue against my little hot take there that this is the deepest pitching staff in the country, and maybe the best that this program, this storied program, has ever seen. It's wild. Four deep right now in the circle for OU, and we still haven't even seen the best of KD, Kirsten Deal. All right, so can I finally tell you all about the new sponsor uh, for the podcast? It's it's kind of awesome. When you go to a place once a week, like you're there a lot every single Friday night, and then they hop on as a sponsor on the podcast, it's pretty cool. Empire Slice House is the newest sponsor on the Diamond Envy podcast. And let me tell you a little bit about Empire Slice if you've never been there before. First off, what are you doing? Because they're expanding like crazy. Two, in my opinion, it's the best pizza, not in just OKC, not in Tulsa, but in my opinion, in the entire state. Um, They've got so many specialty pizzas. My favorite, if you want a little bit of a recommendation, how about this? I'm a big uh, Notorious P.I.G. fan. That's got pepperoni, Italian sausage, bacon, Canadian bacon. It's basically like a whole pound of pig on a pizza. So you know you can't go wrong there. And like I said, they've got locations all over the place in the uh, OKC Metro, and they've expanded to Tulsa as well. So some locations, they're in OKC, 1804 Northwest 16th Street. That's in the Plaza District. That is my preferred destination. Um, I think that's kind of like the OG spot for them. It's like a really cool vibe in there. Um, That's my preference to go to that one in the Plaza District. But for those of you that live in Edmond, there's an Empire Slice House on 1st Street. Uh, There's one in Tulsa, 417 North Main Street. There's an Empire Slice House, another one in OKC in Nichols Hills, another um, in Mayfair Village off May Avenue, and then another in Tulsa, second location in Tulsa off 11th Street on uh, Route 66. So... Here's the deal. A lot of you that listen to the pod in Tulsa, two locations for you to go visit. And there's one, uh, it's it's not the Route 66 location. It's the first Tulsa, like on Main Street. I believe that's Main Street. It's uh, like right there downtown, basically. Um, easily accessible. Uh, I, I had a slice brought over to me during a during a radio show 
Rachel Cope, her dad, Will, listens to the uh, ref quite a bit. So I'm doing a show next door last year, and he just brings over a couple slices. So I have always appreciated that. But garlic knots is an appetizer is elite. If you're, you know, trying to go just basically straight protein, I'm going to tell you, the meatballs that they have on the appetizer menu, elite as well. But if you're asking me, I'm going with the whole pie. I'm going with the Notorious P.I.G. But if you like just a, a straight cheese slice, they're going to have those every day. If you want just, you know, one or two slices of pepperoni, they're going to have those every single day there. I would recommend getting one ranch and one pink sauce on the side. But I'm telling you, um, just such a cool atmosphere, especially my favorite location, the Plaza District. It's a full bar there. The service is awesome. Shout out to Bailey, who takes care of us every single Friday night. And with OU softball games coming up in Oklahoma City during the regular season, the Big 12 tournament, and in the Women's College World Series, Empire Slice House in between games, before the game, celebrate a win after, go to Empire Slice House. Uh, it's, it's big time stuff. And um, they were even... You know, some of you know who Dave Portnoy is that's uh, from Barstool that uh, rates slices. Dave Portnoy even made an uh, appearance at Empire Slice House before. So if you ever have the uh, urge to see me, you probably don't. But if you do, Friday night at Empire Slice House in the Plaza District, you can find me there basically every single Friday uh, right around 7 p.m. All right, let's get to our interview this week. She was the first ever interview of the Diamond Envy podcast. We catch back up with her former Sooner, current OKC Spark player, Lindsay Elam. Hope you enjoy. Okay, she's back by popular demand. Those of you who have been with us since day one, remember that Lindsay Elam was the first ever interview on the Diamond Envy podcast. So, Lindsay, here's how I want to start. First off, thank you for being the, the first ever interview on the Diamond Envy podcast. But get us caught up on what's been going on since the last time most of us saw you, which was you're running towards the circle in Oklahoma City <laughs> celebrating another national championship. What's what's happened? What's been going on with Lindsey Elam since, since that moment? Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, big life events since then. So obviously graduated from OU, uh, ended my career with the national championship, which was amazing and such a blessing from God to end that way. Um, shortly after that moment you talked about, I headed off to Florida to, um, kind of open up like a rookie season for professional ball. And that was amazing. It was so much fun. And, um, shortly during that summer I got engaged and then, wow. so planned a wedding and played softball and did all these things. I got married in December. Uh, so that was obviously amazing and awesome. And recently I signed a new contract to play with the Spark. Um, so lots of new things. Life is definitely different, but still doing a lot of the same stuff as far as training and being around softball. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, but definitely different than what my last several years have looked like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you get a lot of stuff going on since that last yes. national championship. Well, first yes. off, congratulations on uh, on getting married. That's 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 really cool. Very, very... Happy for you. Are, are we going to have Elam on the uh, last name of the jersey for the Spark, or is it going to say like Elam Phillips or Phillips? What, what, do you, what are we going with? Yeah, so my jersey will say Elam, um, but I am changing my last name to Phillips. But softball-wise, yeah. it'll kind of either be Elam, Elam-Phillips, but yeah, so. <laughs> are, you, are you still going to be wearing number 22 with the Spark? Did you claim that yes, one already? Sir. Yes, okay. I asked that super early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, yeah. So 
it, it probably wasn't as weird, maybe because you had so much, so many things going on. You're still playing softball, but, but mm-hmm. when OU opened up the season this year out in California, what did that feel like for you? Because for the first time in a long time, you weren't in an OU uniform with the team. What, what, what was that like? Right. I will have to say it was it was super weird not getting to be there, obviously, in person. I have tried to keep up with the team and talking to the girls and coach um, quite a bit. So part of me is kind of like, OK, well, you're still you know, you're, you're still kind of in a little bit. Um, but when when they opened up the season, I have watched almost every game or listened to almost every game. So there is a big piece of like, wow, this is very weird. Like I am not there playing, but I am having the most fun watching them too. So um, definitely yeah. a feeling of like, holy cow, like you're really you're really done. You're really not playing there anymore. Um, obviously getting to watch them cheer and hitting home runs and doing all the things. It's like, wow, like, you know, kind of a surreal moment but I think I'm getting so much joy out of still getting to keep up with them and watch them that it's kind of uh covering up some of the like oh gosh like you're really done (laughs) feelings (laughs) I thought of you uh a few weeks ago um and I thought of you when Kalani Ricketts was signed with the OKC Spark I thought of Kalani initially and then I thought of you because I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to guess growing up in Chickasha in junior high and high school, you were following OU softball and probably a big fan of a lot of those players for OU softball at the time. So I thought yes. of you because I said, well, how cool is that? Cause I'm going to guess that Lindsay was, was watching OU softball and watching Kalani Ricketts. And now she gets to catch Kalani Ricketts at the professional level. Like, am yeah. I right about that? Did, were, were, were you watching OU softball during that time? And how cool is that to now be, you know, catching someone that you probably grew up watching. No, absolutely. I was in love with OU softball, you know, growing up. OU sports in general. Um, loved watching Kaylani and Jessica Schultz and Lauren and Shelby, you know, everybody who kind of has paved the way there in that generation of Oklahoma softball. And, you know, Kaylani was on staff for a little bit when I was during my career at OU. And so I got to catch her some there, but obviously that's a different setting, you know, in practice mm-hmm. and just being able to, I remember thinking, holy cow, I'm going to get to catch Kaylani Ricketts like in a real game <laughs> setting in the professional level. So definitely super excited. I've gotten to know Kaylani um, like just throughout the Sooner, you know, sisterhood and her being on staff and just getting to be around her. So I was ecstatic when um, I got to hear and know that she was signing and that I was really going to get to catch her in a game, you know, a live setting and get to work together as a battery in that area. It's really a surreal, just kind of full circle moment, um, just sitting back and thinking about how it has all come together. It's really exciting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, that's going to be really cool. Um, Is there one thing in particular, though, that excites you the most about this opportunity with the Spark coming up this season? I mean, there are so many. And when I was first approached, it was like, wow, God, like you're really just going to lay all this in front of me, you know, like I'm getting married and I had planned to keep playing, but I didn't know that keeping like continuing to play was going to get to be staying at home my family can purchase tickets and come watch whenever they want. You know, um, that's the biggest thing for me. I think obviously getting to play with these amazing athletes that I didn't get to play with that didn't go to OU, but Mm -hmm. the most exciting thing is just being able to stay home, being able to drive to the city to play, to practice 
and for my family to get to watch me. Because, you know, you don't, at that point, playing professionally, it's like, okay, well, is my family going to get to see me play in person? You know, or are they going to have to find a way to come to Florida or wherever? But just getting to know that I could have that same, all my family from here, my husband, his family, um, getting to just drive 45 minutes to continue to support me and watch me, that is um, one of the best things that God blessed us with for sure. Well, you mentioned uh, the ability to play with players from other programs. What's it going to be like playing with uh, at least one XOSU player? How's that going to go over? No, I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, Chelsea is from Oklahoma, and we have already kind of met up and uh, talked some. And we thought it was so funny because we've never really known each other. And we grew up playing travel ball in Oklahoma, you know. Um, but I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. We are both pumped to – go out there and support Oklahoma at the professional level and be able to play together and, um, you know, challenge each other to get better. So we're both so excited to be on the same team. Last year you had five consecutive at-bats with a home run. And I know that you've probably been asked about that a ton and you were asked about that a lot in the moment. Um, how was that? Like what, Lindsay, like take us through – what that experience was like with the five consecutive home run. I mean, it's just crazy. There's so many great hitters that have played the sport. I mean, no one's really ever done that before. Like, what was that like for you? Honestly, I had no idea. <laughs> and that, that's the <laughs> truth. Um, I did not have any clue that that was happening until after the game. And I was like, oh, really? That's, that's pretty cool. Like, I really didn't know. I was just going up there trying to focus on – hitting the ball hard and having at bats. Um, but every time somebody talks about it, I think about, so at Kentucky, uh, I was hitting and I ended up, I popped out um, like a flare foul ball to right field kind of, but Jada was stealing mm -hmm. and she left early. So they called her out and they put me back up to the plate. And then I ended up hitting a home run. So wow. um, I always joke about, we joke about, I'm like, Jada, she was like, yeah, I did that. I did that on purpose for you. I did that, you know, for you. So <laughs> just, I remember that because we were joking about that afterwards, but completely honest, I had no idea that that, I couldn't have told you that that was happening. I really have no clue until afterwards. And I was like, oh, wow, I guess so. I didn't even <laughs> have any idea. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you've been watching and listening to as many games as possible. You know, a lot of things have made me happy so far this year with OU softball, but the thing that's made me the happiest is Nicole May. I mean, yes. are you, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> she has a zero ERA through 18 yeah. games up to this point. It's not that she's just having her best season. It's that Lindsay, like she's pitching at an all American level right now. I mean, she, she's <laughs> leading the conference in ERA. Like, I, I'm sure you have a tight relationship with her, but what have you seen from Nicole May, all the success she's having? Because it's, for me, it's been pretty awesome to watch. Absolutely. I've, I've loved it as well. And she, to me, she is just one of the most consistent, just people on the field that you will find. And to kind of have that as a pitcher, she's just um, so in control of her mind, you know, and just her mindset going into the game. But I've just seen her. I mean, she just looks like Nicole May to me. And she, you know, she's come in and some of the biggest moments um, throughout my career and just seeing her, whether it was a freshman or last year, seeing her just be cool, calm and collected and go out there and do her thing. And um, I think she's just doing exactly that. I don't see, um, you know, just anything 
that's like, oh, there's a big change. She's just being consistent, Nicole May, uh, like she has been. And I got to go. So I went to the opening um, day at Marita Hines with Kentucky mm -hmm. and uh, UIC, I believe. And it was so much fun to get to see her um, live, you know, and after watching on the phone and TV and different things. But she's just same Nicole May, just consistent to me. And um, like I said, just kind of in control, it seems like uh, most of the time. Um, Alex Storocco has been pretty good as well. I'm trying to find it. I think it's in what are they combined like? 67 innings, something like that. They've only allowed one run up to this mm -hmm. point. 57. Between the two, uh, May and Storocco, 57 and two-thirds innings, they've only given up one run this year. So we just That's talked about Nicole May and how awesome she's been, but right. Storocco's been really good, too. Really mm -hmm. good. She has been. I mean, it's been so much fun to watch. Anytime uh, you know, she did great at Michigan her whole career there, and then to get to see her come here and you know, I obviously know Coach Rocha and, you know, know how she can make pitchers just a little bit better after they're already so good. Um, but watching her has been so much fun. And I actually got to see her throw a little bit this last summer. And I was so excited for her to come to OU just after that little glimpse of seeing that um, and just knowing how, how helpful she'll be with the pitching staff and how deep they'll be um with adding her to the staff it's just it's great to see them firing on all cylinders right now in the circle for sure have you ever played with anyone like Jordy Ball and what I mean by that is just stomping around in the circle and with the constant energy she has because it, it feels like it's very unique yeah no I have never played with anybody quite like Jordy Ball but I will have to say she is one of my favorite people to just be around she is one of the most intense but also loving and you know she she full circles everything you could almost think about to some of the extremes but I I have it but I absolutely love it I still wa love watching her out there and just staring people down and <laughs> yeah what what are your thoughts just overall about this team we talked about in the circle but what do you think offensively defensively I mean this team is on a really nice run since that Baylor loss they've responded yeah. well but what have you just seen overall from this team no, I am super excited. You know, everybody always is asking, do you think they'll win? You know, all those questions. And it's you go through the season, you know, every year is a new team, whether you lose a lot of people or just, you know, lose a few. But every year is a new team, regardless of that. And just trying to figure out how each other work, trying to figure out your role and um, be good in that specific role, whatever it is. But I'm very excited. You know, the bats are strong. And as the season goes, it'll continue to get stronger. I fully believe that. Um, like we talked about the pitching circle, um, you see three different people catching, which is amazing. You know, people playing everywhere. I saw Brito just hose somebody at third base from center field. I'm like, why is Liss in center field? But of course she's going to do great. And, you know, just everybody moving all over the place. And it's, that's just a testament to just the athletes on that team right now and just the versatility and being able to move around and just do the job wherever you're at. Um, I think it's so cool and they are just stacked with athletes and just have so many different areas that can move around or um, so-and-so can hit here or do this or play here. You know, there's, it's just exciting to see the depth of that team right now. I just think of your career at OU and just like how special of a time that was. I mean, you, you got the championship, sure. You got all the rings, but I'm sure you've got relationships that are going to last a lifetime. You got to play with the goat. I mean, you had just so many <laughs> memorable moments, but 
if I were to ask you, like, what are you most proud of from your time in Norman and time with OU softball? Does anything immediately come to mind with that? Absolutely. Um, everybody always asks that. And, you know, most people would think that the, the championships or, you know, like you're saying, those different things. But the thing that I look back at the most and just makes my heart smile so much is I throughout my career there, there were so many girls um, that got saved and trusted in Christ and got baptized and just the relationships being built and growing our faith side by side, you know, having locker room talks about different parts of the Bible and just trying to learn together and going to church together, doing Bible studies on the road together, Bible studies at home. Um, those are things that I, that is my top, just, I absolutely am so blessed and so amazing for those things to happen and me be able to witness it and just uh, get to grow, like I said, and in, in my faith and hopefully help others grow and others help me grow um, throughout that time. That is something that I will never, ever, ever forget um, until I die. So is there one of those instances though, that, that stands out about the rest? Like for instance, destiny Martinez, she was on the podcast last season Mm-hmm. And I believe she told me she got baptized in Patty's pool one time. Yes. I feel like Patty said this season that someone got baptized in a hotel pool. So it's kind of a wherever, whenever situation. Did, did you experience like one of those during your time at OU? Definitely. Several, several of them. Uh, many in Coach Gasso's pool, a couple <laughs> in some hotel pools. Because, you know, we have girls typically a lot from California. So, um, it would either be hopefully a weekend that their parents were in town in Norman and we would go to coach's pool or if they were at games and whether it was Palm Springs or Irvine or wherever we were, um, maybe that hotel pool. But um, yeah, like we said, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's the faith in Jesus and then that obedience of getting baptized. But definitely so many memories of being surrounded at Coach Gasso's house and around her pool and, um, you know, Poppy baptizing somebody or grace lions um being out there you know it didn't matter who it was and typically the girls would kind of share their testimony or have somebody read it and it they're just so special moments and that's that stuff that i like i said i will never forget and that left such a place in my heart that that's my favorite moment of my whole career those moments right there um each time last thing i have for you so started the podcast last year and year one, it was, okay, well, we're going to have an official favorite player on the team every single year. And you were the official favorite player of the Diamond Envy podcast. Last year, you were the first guest. And, like, everything you just talked about, I just like everything that you, you stand for. But this year, it was time to have a new favorite player on, on the mm-hmm. team. I want you to tell me what you think about my selection. The official favorite player of this podcast is Riley Boone. Oh, yeah. That girl, <laughs> her heart, I cannot explain how big her heart is. And she is going to work hard and she is going to do all these things and she's going to be your biggest hype man. But the girl's going to question and ask and learn about the Bible and about Jesus. And she is on fire. And I can't. She brings so much joy. Just looking at her, she'll make you smile and uh, just so happy to be her teammate. And she's hilarious all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Seems like she's always fired up. Just someone you want to have on your team, you know, especially – almost as a second leadoff hitter, you know, with the mm-hmm. amount of speed that she, I mean, th- this, this lineup again has so much, much power, but when you add Riley speed and her defense in the outfield, it's just, no, it's, it's great. Well, Lindsay, I- I'm Absolutely. just so happy that so many good things have happened uh, throughout your career and, and since mm-hmm. your career ended at OU and, 
Can't wait to see uh, what you do with the OKC Spark. So uh, best of luck, and I, I'm, I'm sure that we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. Um, I enjoyed it just, just like the first time. So it was good <laughs> to talk to you again. How could you not be a fan of Lindsey Elam? In fact, I think if you're an OU fan, you're contractually obligated to be a fan of Lindsey Elam, which no one has to be talked into that. She's just, she was an awesome player, sure, but she's, as you just heard, I mean, she, she's just an awesome player and so happy that a lot of great things have come her way and just uh, best of luck in the future. Lindsay Elam, yeah, she's just one of those people that she's going to have success in the future. I do not worry about her. She's going to be just fine. She's going to continue to accomplish uh, some very amazing things. Also, how can you not be a fan of Caven's Construction? Title sponsor for the podcast. Water, fire, mold, roofing, crime scene. Yeah, Cavens does it all. Cavens Environmental is ready to help you in your time of need. If you have an emergency repair, 24-7, 365, they're on the call. 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Gary and the team over there at Cavens, uh, they'll be on it. They do so much work, sure, in the Norman community, but in Arkansas and Kansas and Texas, I mean, they are certified in several surrounding states. So I know we got some listeners in the Dallas area, 405-573-3048. Give them a call if they can help you uh, with anything going on with your home or your office building. At Cavens, they take uh, emergency property damage response to a whole new level. It's springtime, so you guys know what that means in this area of the country. Cavens uh, is there in a flash to help with water, fire, mold, crime seed cleanup, vehicles hitting buildings, tornado response, securing property after a break-in, emergency board up. They can help protect your business inside and out. So five to a player, just like Tiari Jennings. Say it all the time. Uh, Cavens Construction is a big sponsor of this uh, podcast. Go support them as well. By the way, I asked and you all delivered. I asked on uh, Sunday's episode, hey, uh, here's an interesting question. You know, bases loaded, bottom of the seventh inning, OU's down by one run, they're at the plates. Who's the current or all-time player that you would want at the plate to try to win the game? And I got a ton of responses. And not only did I get a ton of responses, I got a lot of Jada Coleman responses over the past few days, which is pretty cool. Again, OU's down one run in the bottom of the seventh. OU at the plate with two outs and the bases loaded. Which former or current player do you want to see in that spot? I mean, I, I, I did get a lot of uh, Lauren Chamberlain. I got a lot of Jocelyn Allo. I continue to get um, a lot of Shay Knightons as well, but a ton of Jada responses, and she led the way for current players. Got a ton of feedback on that. Love that so much. Um, by the way, and I even got some ideas for future guests, which I appreciate that coming up. But a couple of special shout-outs here. At Sooner Shy, C H E Y, uh, big uh, interactor of the podcast, interacts quite a bit, so appreciate that. Uh, she says Jada Coleman, and then we had AJ at sarcastic underscore AJ sixteen. Very nice handle there, AJ. AJ saying that uh, he was all about uh, Jada Coleman getting that at bat in that spot. And here's the thing: there's no wrong answer there, right? We said it on Sunday. It's about. 50 different players that you can name, maybe more than that, and they're probably all going to come through in the clutch. But a lot of Jada Coleman responses. D1 softball player of the week, Jada Coleman. 
I might add. You do, in fact, love to see it. Well-deserved. Jada was 7 for 11 at the plate last week with three home runs, two doubles, six runs scored, and, uh, six runs scored and five RBIs. I will repeat that. 7 for 11 at the plate, three home runs, two doubles, six runs scored, and five RBIs. Jada Coleman scored more runs last weekend than OU allowed all weekend long. Yeah, that'll play. Yeah, that, 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 that'll play. That'll play just fine. All right, coming up this weekend, a little bit of a weekend preview. Um, the big matchup is in Starkville against Mississippi State. Got to be fun to see uh, Samantha Ricketts, former Sooner, who's the head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, obviously had a great career. Obviously her younger sister had a very great career as well. So Samantha Ricketts versus Patty Gasso, the uh, pupil uh, versus the teacher kind of situation there, which is going to be a lot of fun. And just to kind of run down maybe what you should expect this weekend in this series, and I'll be honest, I haven't checked the uh, forecast for Starkville, Mississippi, but I know early in the week maybe there was a, a little bit of a scare that there could be some weather. Mississippi State won't be the only team that they play the Bulldog Invitational. Southeastern Louisiana, that'll be at 12.30 on Friday. Uh, then you turn around 6 p.m. on Friday night and play Mississippi State. You'll turn around on Saturday at 3 p.m. and play Mississippi State again. Then you'll close up the weekend in the Bulldog Invitational in Starkville, playing Omaha early game, 10.30 a.m. Central Time there on uh, Sunday morning. So I would say, you know, Omaha and Southeastern Louisiana, two teams that you should definitely handle. But as we saw last week with UIC, and that opening game in Norman, um, you know, it's not like OU was up 10 nothing after two innings. So each team will present a unique challenge. You know that they're going to show up and play their best softball game probably the entire season. We say it all the time. Uh, Sooner Sports TV for that game on Friday afternoon. SEC Plus Network for the two games against Mississippi State. And then Sooner Sports TV for the uh, game against Omaha on Sunday. Mississippi State will be a nice little challenge, uh, especially in their home park. I believe they're like 17-5 and five on the season up to this point. Uh, beat Arizona early in the year. Lost to Michigan. Lost to UCF. So they, they, they haven't exactly played the, the toughest schedule in all of college softball. They'll definitely get their feel of that in the SEC this year. I wouldn't say that Mississippi State is the best team that you have faced up to this point. Again, they've got some athletes. They've got a nice little program there with Samantha Ricketts. But... If I'm just being honest here, like if OU is going to continue the way that they played since the Baylor matchup, I think this weekend could look very similar to what last weekend looked like against a couple of games against SEC opponents and a couple of games against some opponents that you know a lot of things are going to have to go right to compete with OU. That doesn't mean that OU is going to beat Mississippi State 18 to nothing this weekend, like they beat Kentucky last weekend. But if OU shows up and play play well since that Baylor loss, just like they have, they'll they'll be okay. But again, it, it'll be a challenge in um, in their own park going out to Mississippi State. It's an SEC team, well coached, a lot of really good athletes. But prediction time for me, I would guess that OU probably goes four zero on the weekend. I'm guessing that they're probably going to handle Southeastern Louisiana. I'm going to guess that they handle Omaha on Sunday. The question is those two games, Saturday night and, uh, excuse me, Friday night and Saturday afternoon, uh, how, how do they perform? And I think that they're going to perform just fine. And I think that you're going to continue to see this team dominate in the circle with May and Starocco and hopefully uh, Jordy 
Yeah, she feels like she's starting to trend to to have some of her best innings of the year. Let's see that continue because you know that place is going to be packed. Uh, it's going to be a great environment there in Starkville for softball. Maybe some of the biggest crowds they've ever had there for OU coming to town, the number one team. But uh, it'll be fun. Uh, an- another weekend on the road, another unique challenge. And it's a nice, really nice tune-up weekend, really nice test before you uh, come home and play Florida State for that single game on Tuesday, which is going to be absolutely awesome, by the way. And speaking of Florida State, they're in a series this weekend that a lot of people are going to be watching, ranking a, a matchup of top six teams. You've got Florida State at Oklahoma State this weekend. Uh, that's that's a big-time matchup. I'm going to take Oklahoma State to win a couple of those games, actually. I think OSU takes two out of three. I really like what uh, the Cowgirls have done up to this point. I, I think that they're going to be a tough challenge in the Big 12. And when you got a bit of a home field advantage, like I just said that it could be one of the bigger uh, crowds that Mississippi State's ever seen. I, it's not as true for Oklahoma State, but you know that they're going to have a great crowd out there in uh, in Stillwater for this series. Bama at Texas, that's Saturday at 6.30. Give me Texas in that matchup. Bama's just kind of floundering around, and Bama, I think, still, for the most part, hanging on to a number 9 ranking, maybe because that they are Alabama and some of that past success uh, that they've had. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be a fun weekend in college softball for sure, and I love that we get a matchup of uh, so many of the big programs that are uh, that are out there. All right, so, uh, yeah, uh, as soon as the matchup is over on Sunday – we will have an episode for you, almost like a post game, uh, once again as well. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting. Got an idea for a fun question coming up on Sunday. So, look out for that one. Be ready to interact on that one. But enjoy the softball games this weekend. We'll talk to you this weekend coming up on the Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas.